Do you think people do you think people like 25 years ago were like, man, I'm so I waste so much time reading the newspaper. I wish I could sit still and read. They certainly pretend to us like they didn't, but I think they did. I suspect they did. People always pretend like they're better than you. Hey everybody, it's the Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Welcome back for another <laughs> Hang in the Laboratory. Uh, thanks for joining us. And special thanks as always to our supporters who throw us as little as a buck a month to keep this thing going. If you uh, want to throw in over there, you can go to support.zengineeringpodcast.com. We're like, we're like 20 episodes into having changed the address for that and calling them supporters instead of backers, calling y'all supporters instead of backers, y'all. Apparently I say y'all now. Um, I still almost say backer every single time I do that intro. That's okay. I don't know if anyone really cares which word you choose to call them. (laughs) (laughs) I like calling them engineers. If you're a listener, if they're smart with their time, they just skip the first 30 seconds of every episode. I like to capture you. Uh, I do that. I do that pretty much on every podcast I listen to. If I reach a part that I'm not enjoying, I just skip. I skip the ads. I skip the yeah, intros. I'll, I'll, I'll jump back in. Sorry, everyone. Convenient. I don't blame anyone if um, they do it to us, too. I wouldn't listen. Yeah, I mean, Sometimes I listen to our intros and I'm like, man, we really just rambled about complete crap. Well, you <laughs> even say that saying that relates to our topic today. But uh, but first, no guest. It's just us. If you couldn't tell by the generalized rambling intro, and as is still, I, I'm still proud of the fact that this is a rarity because it says something about the flexibility of our production schedule. We still only rarely know what number an episode is actually going to be before we record it. Uh, but we do this week, uh, episode eighty-two. Damn right. I feel like not tracking that so aggressively caused us to stop like appreciating but like we celebrated when we hit 25 we're 25 past 50 and we were like whatever <laughs> keep going <laughs> get humans, <to> <laughs> humans get used to things and they stop caring <laughs> we'll be excited when we get to 100 that was always our that was always our goal to just do this till we get to 100 and then worry about what we were doing so not not so, for eighteen more episodes do we get to be like yeah. is this is this turning Should into we something? We run ads, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should I actively promote this to people? Um, uh, so what are we talking about this week? Uh, I'm not sure exactly, but I know that you're going to make me talk about social media. Well, it, 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 uh, you're going to make as me. part that's, of it. That's that's a perfectly nuanced <laughs> intro for the topic at hand. Oh, um, you'd appreciate that. I would say this is this is the kind of episode that we we like once or twice a year. This project just has to be a dump valve for what's going on in the world. Uh, I think we've poured it into climate change a lot recently, but with the primaries on for the you know sort of democratic for you know like the hoopla is never mind primaries whatever you want to call it the hoopla has started for the 2020 election, which means that included in our like incoming signal of here's what's going on in the world is stuff like that. Um, and as usual, it's like, I, I don't want to talk about politics, but it causes me to reassess 
like how I pay attention to what's going on in the world. Cause there's so many weird incoming signals yeah. these days. So it ends up being about media literacy and about like media consumption and, and all. And then, and then that has to be about social media these days uh, as much as we both dislike the term social media. Um, well, we can coin some new terms in this episode, some more uh, subtly descriptive terms. <clears throat> yeah, I don't I, even think you have to. It's just media. Like the idea of saying e-commerce right. is still a silly distinction from newspapers, brick and mortar commerce. It's just all commerce, right? And newspapers were social media. <laughs> right. You could write letters into newspapers. The social part was right. slower and less effective. You still had <laughs> editorials. You still had letters to the editor. Uh, you still had dumb ones that they would put in sometimes because they were funny. So. So the thing I think to to hit like to to back it up like we like to do is just uh you know it's 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 worth I think at a time like you know you got an election coming up and maybe it's worth considering uh the media that you consume so that you are informed which you know I think is just an important part of being in the world you should kind of know what's going on around you we certainly have the impulse as humans to know what's going on around us because it protects us from tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it protects us from tigers, at the same time, like you know, there's there's this interaction with it where it's like, okay, too much information. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> so, like, what? Yeah, what's happening there? Because I don't feel like it was a thing that that, for example, my parents' generation was ready for. Like for them, it was like news, you know, like the advent of TV was in there, but it was like newspapers and trusted news sources. And you kind of listened to them and you went, okay, here's what's going on in the world. I guess we got to go to war with Germany. Like, well, you used to have to pay for a lot of your news. That was one piece, right? You had to pay to get for a newspaper. You didn't just like get the newspaper. You had to pay for it. And it was hilarious prices, like 25 cents a day, (laughs) which I guess it probably still is. But who knows? Do they still deliver newspapers? Probably. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I certainly mean, yeah, get the like, local coupon the... thing every day, which yeah, is exactly. an incredible waste of paper, but I can't get it canceled. Uh, um, I think there's, uh, there's, there's just a lot more sources of information. Right. Is that it? That's it. That's right. All. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, so we got to talk about, I think more people offering the, it. Like what's your, what's your first memory of Ooh. getting information from a news source that wasn't either like a person talking to you. So like your family or whatever, a social connection or like a piece of paper uh or the radio my mom used radio call my mom and i would call the library to ask questions occasionally about what was going on about current events hell no or about no one or about no one gave a shit about current events as far as i was concerned as a kid it was about like things we were doing around the house (laughs) like projects did you ever did you read your school news like i used to read my school newspaper every day i definitely at at the dining hall I was an editor on the school newspaper, and I definitely did not read it ever. <laughs> in high school, you mean? Yeah. Right. 
So that's that's an even funnier part of this whole thing. Was like we were both prol- proliferally, per- per- peripherally, prolifically. What you, I'm not sure which one you're going for. Peripherally involved in newsmaking organization. Like yeah. our job, you know, we worked at newspapers. <laughs> I was visual. I was layout. I hadn't even. I was right. like graphics and photography. Yeah. I didn't have to read Same. anything. Uh, and so yeah, it wasn't writing articles. Um, but like you know, you're aware that that was the way to do things to a point. And, and there's these intermediate pieces that are interesting. Like, did you ever have like, like a Google reader feed? You follow a bunch of blogs and I stuff? I was so sad when Google reader shut down. That yeah. was, that was the best, that was one of the best sources of info I had. Uh, so, I so what have that's, something like that. I guess I'm too lazy to use it. And so there's an interesting aspect of that. That's like, you know, I, I, I almost want to describe for the user what an RSS reader was. Cause this is the first, this is the beginning of the explosion of the diversity of this stuff. Right. Cause it used to yeah. be just newspapers and then yeah. a couple radio stations, local radio stations. And then the radio stations expanded. You get satellite radio, you get all that kind of stuff. You get cable television. So TV even expanded. So like the diversity was on before that even started happening. And then the web was invented. And so, of course, we did exactly the same thing. And, you know, like the web was invented piggybacking the infrastructure of things like cable television because of the, you know, bandwidth and throughput of those cables that had been created. Mm -hmm. But like, of course, it continued to like diversify and explode into all of these different sources that I think now everybody sort of processes is like, okay, it's the web and, you know, but like. The RSS reader lives right at this point, this inflection point of us needing to proactively curate the signal because just visiting six blogs every day, which is the habit we noticed we were taking part in, is is not the most effective way to consume that, all of those signals. <laughs> <laughs> but so first you have to talk about blogging, which is in this interesting space of like, you know, you wouldn't call what New York Times has online a blog. But they did when they first started it. Welcome to the New York Times blog. Did they? That was their first like I, online. I guarantee it was something like that. You know, like I'm sure because because it was it's in that commerce e-commerce space. Uh, so like, do you did you? It was also an aspect of like, do you ever have a live journal? Uh, I don't think so. That sounds like a famous site though. Yeah, it's like a proto blogger. You know, like like what emerged was like early what you would call social media was just people writing articles and putting them on their website instead of new york times or whatever and so it really lowered the bar to what got you out into the on the people's plate well what i what i see with uh media in the digital world the digital realm these days is that if you're if you're not at a computer, if you're not, if you, if you didn't at some point in your life have to exist with computers where you had to actively search things out, you've kind of come into the computer space in the age of algorithms where you almost don't even know that you can go find other things. So the, the vast majority of the population has come online post algorithms, right? Post feeds and the idea of like, here's aggregated stuff for you. Just pick the things you're interested in. And so they, those people have only used those systems. 
just don't even like think to go look for an expert on a topic they care about that is like so highly targeted at what they want to learn or what they care about that they would love it more than they love just the the droning feed that like kind of satiates them well and i think so i think this this gets us to the the broader thing which is sort of a way to contextualize our ongoing conversation about social about media consumption and media literacy that for sure like we should link to previous episodes where we've jammed on this before but like more and more for me the notion of like a uh social media diet mm -hmm. and needing to think mindfully about how we consume this stuff yeah I mean, podcasts included is a really relevant thing but it but it's it, but it strikes me as important to back up to realizing how we got to that point and this is a thing that i have i have been obsessed with forever like i literally studied those media studies in college and it was like oh wow <laughs> like here's what's happening and you talk to other people about it and they don't see it but it's like <clears throat> the we took like that curation right like we have an impulse to put stuff out there and that was so bloggers were there going i have these thoughts i'm going to write them down or like live journals another way to do it myspace used to have you know like posts mm -hmm. have always been a thing on all of these platforms right. and as an as, as a person who's like disappointed like you were when reader went away like i used to go to the blogs and i had the ones that i was like oh i like consuming this stuff i'm going to consolidate it in this one place and I always used to say the next step is most of the people I talk to every day don't care to do that curation. The next step is the computer just picks stuff that I think I'll like and I'm good with it, that it thinks I'll like. Right. And most people are just like, I do, in fact, and click. Which is you know, like, totally fair because like, it does a pretty right. good job for me too. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying I don't just mindlessly go through feeds that i have on different systems um and but uh there's there's an interesting piece of this that i think is not that i don't hear people talk about very often that i think is really key and i think i think it's the fact that most media is getting consumed on a screen now without a keyboard and a mouse and to really to really investigate and like uncover good information you have to do research and you can't do good research without a keyboard and a mouse yet it's just not efficient on a on and, and i know i'm you might be thinking well you are really good with a computer or at least like you're at one all day and so you're used to a keyboard and mouse and you move around more quickly than people and true all those things are true I'm probably uh, probably more proficient at just doing things in general on a computer than, than the average person, but you just can't do things as effectively on a smartphone. You can't like search for a topic and compare 10 different sites to like kind of get a sense for like which one's actually driving home has better foundational knowledge and then pick that one and then send the information and then follow. You can't search for podcast episodes well through an app. You can't. I think the problem is when you consider that in terms of input mechanism, which is for sure the right way to think about it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't help people understand that there's a different thing happening here. It, what it actually is, is a UI, it's not even UI. It's, it's a screen real estate problem. Like to do competent research, you gotta like gotta go find the things and then put them over in a file where sure. they can hang out until they're ready to be compared to the other thing. And then when you need to compare the thing, you kind of need to like pull them both up at the same time and sort of like, like be able to see them at this, like there's, there's just dynamics that happen on a desk in a library 
that are the way that needs to happen. And you just need a desk. And so until you have a smartphone that's like five feet by eight feet, <laughs> like you don't, it, you just, it's not going to be comparable, you know? So like, I just need a bunch of browser so, tabs, but the browser yeah, right. tabs you on need my your smartphone tabs open, run out right? of memory and then they have to refresh themselves. Yeah. And I lose where I so that's why iPad is a different category yeah. where you can do different stuff. I do a lot of work on my iPad pro and I really enjoy it, particularly this kind of stuff because I can pull the tabs open, but also I don't have all the other stuff that can be on my screen and therefore is <laughs> there bothering me. Um, but you know, so, I mean, you're right. Like it's, it's, it, part of it is about does the machinery exist for you to do the proactive research but then part of it is like you have to realize that once it's become algorithmic there's an extent to which emergent properties are now a thing and so you start to have to go like okay if we put the button here does it make people click it more and when they do then it's like okay, there's this sub question that only just now it feels like is starting to be asked, which is, should they? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and it, it, you know, it's this weird, like, uh, when we were talking beforehand, you said it just is a matter of personal responsibility. Like you shouldn't be able to use an interface to push should right. on someone. Um, but what I'm saying is like the fact of algorithm, if, if anything is algorithmic and not proactive, should becomes part of the question right because that thing is picking to not show you certain things and to show you other things based on whatever research based on math functionally um and so you know it it, it immediately gets weird in that space of okay so the the hardware piece that you're talking about is like there's just no hope that we get everyone sitting at a computer terminal all day in the way that you're imagining. <laughs> I don't know. We're doing right. a pretty good job of it. Um, <laughs> smartphones. We've got an awful know. lot of people sitting at a computer terminal all day. Yeah. 70% <laughs> of the traffic on the internet is still uh, mobile devices. That's so yeah, that's, that's winning. Uh, that part is what it is, right? Like that's the thing as a marketer that I constantly have to remind people that don't get it. Cause if you do sit at a computer all day or you own a laptop, everybody sort of is like, yeah, that's where, that's where you are all day. Right. And it's like, no, 70% of people, it's still, it's, it's not mobile. where you're clicking on shitty it's, consumer ads. It's not where you, yeah. Like anyone hiring me as a marketing consultant is generally not the, almost by definition, they're not the person you're trying to market to. Uh, that's why they're hiring you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, to tell them how to do this to reach other uh, groups of people. Um, but so, so to the idea of the diet, like, so this is the place where it gets to personal responsibility. So if you can't blame it on the hardware and you can't necessarily blame it on the algorithm nor control it, right? Like there's an extent to which you can proactively try it. And this is the diet idea. There are ways you can, there are proactive ways to take control of yeah. the fact of those algorithms doing the things they're doing. Um, but it's more just like, you have to consider that once it gets algorithmic and it's going to respond to behavior, and that behavior is not like Wikipedia as it evolved responded to the behavior of people want to look stuff up and people want to post stuff. Uh, so other people can look it up. But as soon as Wikipedia is going, and then we're going to give you the best result based on the one that's clicked on the most, you have detached it from Wikipedia's purpose of providing worthwhile research materials. <laughs> Um, I'm upset at least once a day that Wikipedia is not the top search result when I'm looking for information quickly. 
Right. And so, I mean, so that's even, so why don't you just go straight to Wikipedia? That's what Sue says. Because I don't, I, I want it in context because it gives me more breadth of coverage at once. But I want right. to be able to know that I, where the Wikipedia link is if I want to default back to it. And so the reality, <laughs> I do the same thing. I don't type URLs anymore. I, I Google for almost everything I'm looking for. I think almost for, everyone just, does. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say the stats say that yeah. so does everyone else. And so it's an interesting thing now of like the, the impulse to immediately stop memorizing phone numbers as soon as you can. Yeah. That we for sure lived through. Totally. What a waste uh, of space. It, you know, it's like a universal thing. And so even the URL is an abstraction that people are like, I could do without that. Yeah. We That's don't need weird. that. <laughs> it's weird and there's like syntax in there that's not doesn't you know and you get tricked you just, everybody just wants to shout at their per, that their personal assistant that listens to them <laughs> and say only orange post-its from now on <laughs> um but yeah so it, it kind of gets to like like what i don't i really don't like the term diet when we talk about this because it feels like it it feels like a bummer to be like, okay, I'm going to go into Twitter and unfollow the people that make this a, the like. So let me reframe it for you a little bit, because I think when we talk about this, uh, this is we always talk about kind of like bad content, like content that's crappy and content that makes us anxious and content that makes us upset. I don't think it's just that. I think I think that stuff is good to some level. I think the the point where you need to be curating the algorithm is as soon as you get comfortable enough with it that you're just like agreeing with it all the time or mindlessly flowing through it. Uh, like for instance, I didn't say that very clearly, but let me give an example then. When I'm on I, I the primary source of social media interaction for me is Reddit. We talk about it all the time. It's like embarrassing to bring it up because we talk about it on every episode, but uh it's it's comprised of millions of what they call subreddits which are like topic specific things name think of anything and there's like a subreddit for that thing right if you're into needlework or needlepoint work there's a needlepoint subreddit and then there're probably a thousand more granular variations like people who love to do needlepoint of cats mostly in the yellow spectrum of color there's probably a subreddit for like weird stuff like that so I find I'll join, I'm not great about this, but I try to constantly be curating what's in my feed and I'll add things that I'm, that I like want to learn about or that I'm interested in. And then as soon as they become like normalized in my feed, as soon as I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of know what to expect. I kind of know what the top comment's going to be. That's when I try to get rid of it and replace it with something else. Cause now I've gotten everything out my brain no longer is like activated by this thread. It's just, it still feels good to like look through and be like, Ooh, I knew what the top person was going to say about this article, or I knew what the conversation was going to be, but it's not helpful anymore. Now it's become like a, like a, 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 a drug. Now it's become sugar, uh, which is fine. <laughs> it's fine. Some like, it's really nice to sometimes just go to my, my smartphone while I'm so trying I to think, waste 10 minutes, so, but yeah. So I think there's a thing to hit in this first, which is the thing about, like, I think Elon Musk called it like a, a limbic algorithm. Yeah. Like there is on top of this. So when we say the algorithm, like generally we're meaning like uh, the 
you know, underlying programmatic technology that the website is, that Facebook is using to say, hey, I think you'll like to see this. Twitter does it too. Instagram does it. Like all of those things are, are picking out of your feed. Hey, here's some stuff I should show you, which didn't used to be how they worked, but they want you to stick around in that feed because they make money by selling you ads. So, so they're, they're like money-making subsistence survival mechanism currently is built around needing to keep you on the site more often. Mm -hmm. And their algorithm is trying to show you stuff that you want to see for whatever reason, right? That just, right. that keeps you coming back. Um, and then the reason the social layer is a piece that's like, you can't fully just call it media is because it's talking about media that's being delivered to you that is treading on social like, and, and we, when you talk about like feelings and when you talk about how it makes the brain feel and like, like stuff like that, when you're explaining it that way, like that's the piece to hit first. Cause you have to understand that a lot of this behavior, it's just deep, deep, like staying in tribes and feeling not cast out by your social group is possibly the single strongest, like short of, short of, uh, the urge to reproduce the next strongest urge is don't get cast out of the social order because the tribe is how we survive. That might be stronger um, than reproduce. That, that's so, yeah. just feed me when I'm about to die from hunger. <laughs> so like the idea of an algorithm based on what your friends think is really, really, really powerfully persuasive. Um, it'll make you feel things and believe things that later you might pull out of and go, oh my God, I can't believe I was that far down that rabbit hole if you ever get to that clarity. And so it's 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 just, and I'm not trying to push it one way or the other with any kind of like, here's what, you know, here's what it's done to the world. Right. It's more like, you just have to consider how deep seated, like when you say, and my brain goes, blah, 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 like that, you, you say it quickly because it's the thing that we have grappled with in our conversations, our whole lives in terms of how to perceive it. To people that are not like, if you're not really paying attention, that feed is 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 like, never mind how addictive cocaine is. This is next level, like the stuff it's treading on in terms of making you feel like I gotta go, I gotta, I can't not addictive. get more of that. It's pretty damn addictive, right? Like, and so well, you, you said know, you I, used an interesting <laughs> word there. You said if you're not paying attention, <laughs> which is which is the core of a lot of problems. Right. And a, a word I, I am uh, a word that is very, I think is very descriptive, but frustrating kind of like the term social media is mindfulness. Um, you just got to you got to stay aware of what you're doing. Again, I'm not saying I'm great at this all the time, but that's that's a big part of consumption of stuff that you're like reading and listening to and watching. If you're not doing it on purpose, uh, you're certainly you're certainly not doing it as productively as you could or in a way that's as good for you as you could guide it to be potentially. And you, you risk, you, none of this is bad. It's not bad that anyone's like browsing Facebook and like seeing goofy things or silly things or even like yeah. angry things their friends are posting. That's not bad. But if you're trying to like, if you're trying to actively, you can't do that and then be like, I, I read the news today and 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 digested it and came up with good opinions because you didn't purposefully chase your own thoughts. You didn't develop anything new. You just you literally were just barfing up something that someone shoved in your mouth already and now you're puking it back up. And so and I do that all the time, but 
you have to like you have to you have to consciously do something to deserve to share your opinion right it's not your opinion well, if the, you didn't like do something to get it yeah so the, the problem is that the algorithm has hijacked our desire to appear to be in the know you know and, right. and because and then share it with those around you because if you can educate everyone else and protect the pack like that becomes a, a, a like a notion you know a powerful mm -hmm. um you know a powerful uh, motivator and it's a really hard one to be aware of. Like, am I doing this because other people will think I'm cool? And then, and then, like, sometimes that's okay. Totally. I like being cool. Being cool is awesome. <laughs> being cool helps, helps in your life. Uh, the, the, the reality of, I think, my being struggle cool is with awesome. <laughs> is who doesn't want to be cool? All the cool kids are doing it. Um, the, the problem is being upset and thus motivated to action is also a really strong signal. So the feeling of like, oh my God, I can't believe that's happening. I have to do something. <laughs> like it serves a purpose and we're not gonna make it go away because again, it's this reptilian like, oh no, I have to take action to protect whatever. Like, and, and in that moment, it's so easy to get lost and go, oh, I must share this with everyone. Like, and, and so you end up with this problem where you start having to look at like, okay, subtle shifts in the way these tools, you know, smartphones, tablets, computers exist in the way that you were talking about them in terms of engineering and the way that they exist in the way that I think about them in terms of interface and, you know, like uh, essentially behavioral design. Like you could put a button in a different place and make Twitter a tool that doesn't make it as easy to be outraged yeah, automatically. Um, and so that's a weird conversation. That's like even the government is starting to have now that makes it, you know, immediately political, right. but also we could learn to be less upset all the time. Well, it's, it's you're, you're referencing the same <laughs> Which feels thing, like right? your answer. Well, yeah, you right? put the, make the button move every time someone posts to a random place on the page. And now it's harder for them to mindlessly do something. And I don't mean to say that everyone on anywhere is like without any thought doing anything. That's not what I mean. I just mean that it it's just you get we get into patterns. Our body, our body and our mind are designed uh, to, for me to just make up and, and co-opt evolution for something that may or may not be true. We seem to be designed to use energy efficiently, which is just kind of seems to be my philosophy on how the universe works. And so our bodies and our minds are good at getting ourselves into patterns where what what we're like driven to do is to do things efficiently and it's really efficient to just look at look at topics on a page scroll by rather than like feel feel whatever that urge is that we're successful versus clicking over and then reading a long form article on a newspaper like that takes a lot of energy and focus and determination and effort to go read that thing and then think about it and then come up with a real comment but it's really easy it's like browse 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 thumbs up thumbs up thumbs down thumbs up thumbs down that's that's like so right. simple and 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 feel like you contributed to the signal so you get a little bit of buzz right. you get a little like thought leader buzz every time you click that button you know and so that we're not like um, bad for doing that that's just what the universe has like made us do now we naturally gravitate towards that that mode and right. again, that's fine. Like it's sometimes I really genuinely just want to do that. I'm like, man, I'm tired. I want to lay on the couch and like feel good thumbs and some stuff up on the internet. 
Um, but other times I feel bad about myself afterwards. And so when I feel bad about it, I should stop. <laughs> right. So it even relates to our like previous uh, video games thing, right? Where it's like, I think both of our parents reaction to video games wasn't like, no, this is a bad thing. You can't have it. It was just like, after a half hour, you get grumpy. Like you're not, it's not causing, yeah, it's fair. not creating joy for you anymore as a small child. Go, get away from it. Yeah. And I was, I was initially going to say video games feel different because I'm, they take a lot of, uh, not all of them, but some of them, they take a lot of thought to do. Um, but you're, you, you're striking on a kind of a different aspect of the same thing here, right? If you're letting your emotional response happen without some sort of conscious control, and especially when it seems to be driving you towards a negative emotional response, why would you want that? Nobody wants that. You shouldn't want to be upset about things. If you can like make right. a small shift and then be unupset <laughs> or alternatively excited or happy or positive, why wouldn't you make that small shift? That well, so to frame... Well, and I think that gets us to framing the, you know, the, the wrapping up the quote, social media diet, you know, sort of intro for this, which is like, how, how do you think about this stuff? Like when you consider all of those factors that this kind of incoming feed, there's just a situation where like, it's not your fault, but you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're like, I just went through Reddit. I just went through Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever for 30 minutes. And what did I get out of it? You know, yeah. I just keep scrolling and I'm not sure why, like, that's why you end up with that diet thing, because it's like the same way I feel after I eat a whole row of Oreos out of the package. I'm like, <laughs> why did I just do that? I'm not happier for it. But in the moment, it was like mouth pleasure. can't stop. Like it, there's Instagram pleasure. There's social pleasure yeah. in the same way of like too much of that is not constructive anymore and it feels like a diet to stop doing it like i have to yeah. do things like take instagram off of my devices and only access it on the one device yeah. that has a timer on it because i will sit there for hours and just go oh look at the pretty pictures and have no more vast interaction with it than that and and it's not that that is inherently bad it's that afterwards i go i don't i'm not that made me unhappy i mean there is to do that for 45 minutes. I, I certainly appreciate the like, uh, I don't know why I want to say medieval stereotype, but like uh, the, the like dark ages Catholic perspective that like all joy and pleasure is sin. I get it. I get where that perspective comes from. It makes sense. Whenever you're like entering into a pleasurable experience, you kind of optimized for something and you probably shouldn't be doing that anymore. <laughs> you probably go, if you want to be like productive, if you want growth, if you want like depth of experience, if it's pleasurable, you probably should stop doing it, which is a weird comment and, to make. And I, I don't necessarily totally mean that all the time, but it's an interesting thought experiment. Think of something that gives you pleasure. What, what do you think of first thing? What's the first thing that pops into mind? If it's, if it's uh, yeah, I already told you Oreos, Oreos right? <laughs> One Oreo, if you like consciously are like, I'm going to have an Oreo today, they're delicious and amazing. You would... Same pleasure as eating the whole rack. Right. The whole rack is just unchecked and I don't know what's happening and I've lost control. I was thinking, and afterwards I go, oh no, I'm going to poop so bad I was later. thinking of like massage <laughs> and resort setup. Like you go on vacation and you just right. lay 
on a raft and someone comes and massages you every hour and brings you a cheeseburger. Like, and then you go that's get a cheeseburger. Awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. And once in a while, I'm totally down for that. But like, if that were every day, that'd be terrible. You'd be so fat and so bloated from being in the water and it would just, it would just destroy you. <laughs> so a little bit, a little bit of that's okay. Well, it's so that, that the transition that creates a perfect transition <laughs> by, by hitting <laughs> the notion of like, yeah. So like what I'm trying to say is it's not about a diet. It's about like, okay, how do you curate and manage this incoming signal that's just constantly trying to smack you in the face, you know, because it's on your devices. It's like, think about how many times you go to pick up your phone because you want to answer a text from your wife that's actually important. And then 20 minutes later, you're on Twitter and you don't know what happened. Like, and, 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 and the reason we talk about it, like a diet is because of this sort of binge consumption. Like, Netflix and chill, like the idea that people sit down on a Saturday and watch the entirety of a television show is a thing that I'm fully like, yeah, go for it. I do that all the time. It's great. Uh, but it's it's like typical of the exact same impulse. I like this story. I don't want it to stop. You've given me 10 hours of it all at <laughs> once. I'm going to consume all 10 of those hours. Right. And then two weeks later, not remember any of the details of the story anymore. Uh which is, I mean, it's totally fine. Like, I don't mean to present it in a judgmental way, but like when you talk about other forms of media, you can't just restrict the fact that this is the case to social media. You could spend all day reading newspapers if you wanted. It's just harder physically to pull off. Um, you could spend all day watching cable television, and people do, and that's part of the problem, right? So this applies everywhere. This isn't just about social media. Food is media in this context. Like our behavior to go, I love this thing. It's so fucking great. And then do it till it kills us is the thing that's built into humans. Uh, and so like, you know, there's just so many layers on which before you can even talk about what it's like to curate this signal, you have to cover the idea that it's like, and if you don't do this stuff, like you're not a fuck up. You're not a poor student. You're just a human being You're just living in this stew of algorithms that are trying to make us do stuff, whether that algorithm is sugar and fat and, and carbs or video games and incoming news information feeds or. Let me start again. The thing I, the thing that keep, that keeps bugging me while we've been talking about this is I'm curious why it's so much easier to browse meaningless lists of things on a digital device versus sitting and reading a book when I know that when I sit down and read a book for a, a length of time that's meaningful that I feel much better about myself and I feel good I learn more I'm happy that I did it I'm more relaxed uh, it's very and very noticeable almost to the point where I, I sleep better. I'm pretty sure I sleep noticeably better, which I generally don't say about things because I don't generally think there's enough noticeability to, to garnish, to, to deserve an opinion on it. But I, I like sleep better if I read for an hour at night, like in a physical book. 
Do you experience you know, that? Like, fuck, fuck trying to step back from you. You're trying to be so gentle about it. Fuck that. If I'm on Twitter right before I go to sleep, I have horrible nightmares all night. I sleep like shit. It's verifiable. I've tracked this with a device. I have tried different ways of doing this for thousands of days at this point. Do you, do you, do you read like, books? <laughs> I do deliberately I, because they have a book like, to me earlier. Yeah. Uh, I deliberately read books before bed because I have a different action with that type of media, but also I'm on my iPad doing it. And sometimes I still fall down the Twitter rabbit hole and then I oh, go, so you're oh, reading no, on the d- right digital device. This. That's okay. Uh, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I think there's other aspects um, to reading a physical thing, a physical book versus a digital book, but do you i tend to agree my real problem is light management at night i found that if i read a real book the amount of light i need to read it also keeps me awake um i have a little tiny but so i think like (laughs) the the thing is if we're going to talk about how to curate this stuff on any level like you got to back up to like what are the other you know so like what like it, it, it it sort of comes back to the part that's like how you interact within a book is is also an emergent property of that book's means of delivery for the information that you're consuming. There's just this shift to digital that like, it's just a complete game, game, game change to go to digital. But like, we've had whole political parties around burning books because people were worried about books and they were banned from libraries and stuff. And so there's always that question of, okay, well, how do we use this medium? And it takes a while to get ironed out right but it's like but what you're expressing is a very visceral thing you just you feel different when you use books <laughs> i'm using books that sounds like a, you know, i'm logged into my books go right smoke now. some books they don't require passwords for um, me to open them which is nice right so some of it is just there are annoying things like and so so my question is the preference for books is that a product of they're not backlit. The display's not refreshing. It's got to be that. It's definitely you, that, too. You are forced to move slowly and focused through uh, them? Or is it also that they've, in our lifetime, like we still have proportionately, for our age, most of our life, books were still the way that you researched things. We are only now tipping over into having been alive for digital research on new I mean, ideas. I gotta be honest, I've only written right. one paper in my entire academic career where I can say definitively that I read a book in order to research ideas and write that paper. So I think it's probably disingenuous for me to pretend like reading books was a was a huge part of my academic experience. Uh, I That's read fair. a lot more now. I went to law school. Yeah, so you, you do a lot of you book reading. Book, you have a reading in order degree. to do research. And so so, so where I was going with that though, is like how much of that is a matter of your social yeah. interaction with books throughout your life. And so you're pre-programmed to be like, ah, a book, or is it really about like your eyes move across the page and they're going to go at a certain speed. And after a little while, that motion becomes, well, there's an idea component too. go to a, a zone and a place and an imagining, you know, like this certainly isn't true of all, all books. My, my book selection is probably biased towards like information and, and like engineering science technology it's like stuff that makes my brain think about things but the when i i mentioned earlier that i I have like a media source hierarchy that i think of in terms of like usefulness for me or like productiveness and and like browsing reddit for the most part is towards the bottom of that list it's it's fine if i'm like researching a new topic like for instance 
uh, I'm looking at homes right now. So I added a bunch of Reddit channels that are like real estate and mortgage rates and and home real estate economics. And so I'm getting all of a sudden this influx of new stuff that I'm not familiar with. So it's very thought provoking. But most of what's coming into my feed is just it just feels good in the morning to like put look at that thing and lay on the couch for a minute while my brain kind of wakes up. But books are at the top of that hierarchy in terms of I often some of the books I read, they're so thought provoking, I can't even read a whole page without like drifting off into daydreaming about the concepts it's inspiring my brain to think about. And I get I get that too, if I read like a, a good, well written, long form article on a newspaper that happens to be online. But that newspaper article is easier for me to read than a book. And Reddit's easier for me to read than that newspaper article. And so there's this constant like ch- challenge of like, is this is this useful and thought-provoking or is it easy to do and there's some crossover there where i can read like page-long articles pretty effectively with a low effort but if it gets longer than that even just knowing it's longer than a page my brain's like nah you don't need this (laughs) well so i think the sort of non-media crux of the whole thing gets back to a thing that i feel like i've repeated ad nauseum but i don't think i put it on the podcast so here we go uh, there's a we'll link to an episode of uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee where he's interviewing. He's having a you know he's he's doing Great the episode show. with very relaxing. Neil Brennan. Great yeah, wholesome very show to watch show. generally. Um, in a weird wholesome, way. good point. Good good way to say it. The and he's talking to Neil Brennan who was like the co-creator of the Chappelle Show and he's a bunch mm-hmm. of other TV shows at this point. He's got some great stand-up specials stuff like that. And at one point Jerry's having the usual sort of low you know like chit chatty conversations he has with his guests about like cars or you know whatever and neil's just like yeah just never been a car guy (laughs) and jerry's like so do you have a thing like shoes watches and (laughs) brandon's like i i have realized over the years that literally the only thing that excites me is new ideas Everything else I don't care about. I don't care about food. I don't care about cars. I don't care about these other enthusiasms. All I care about is new novel ideas. I'm right there. Is that and that resonated with me on such a level of like totally. Yep. Is that is that a form of like really unhealthiness? Probably. I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Cause I mean information and you know, we're just explorers. Like we want to go find new stuff. It's this stuff we get fired up about talking about. I care about. about but the reality is like technology lives right at the frontier of those new ideas. And so what you're talking about is like, on one hand, you have this feed of new ideas coming in that you want to be able to wade into and just go, Oh, look at all these new ideas. I'll pick one. It's like top level. Like literally you go take research classes when you're in law school and they're like, okay, here's how you bear down on trying to find the details of a case. And you start out at this like three degrees removed from the case level and you go, okay, here are people who have written about other people writing about (laughs) this issue. And then you, if you find some compelling second degree sources, you go and you check those and those guys will cite the actual case law. And then you go to the actual case law. Like there is a formalized process of research that you're taking part in when you express the way that you go through Reddit and then for sure, I end up at the same things. I end up at like research papers and stuff. And so I think, you know, the, the cool thing that makes the binge to, to this piece of it bridge into like okay how do you how are you curating this thing is what it's really about at least i think for everyone whether aware of it or not is we just like new ideas and so you chase novelty um but it's also easy to then settle in and realize like okay 
there's nothing new happening in this feed. And so it's okay, but you should realize that you just moved from research and like betterment and, you know, chase pursuing like, Hey, here's a new thing. And maybe this is good to just eating Oreos because you're like, <laughs> fuck it. They're delicious. I'm going to just, you know, chop the Oreo. You so know, when like, should we, when should um, we feel okay with these different situations you think? Well, so the last piece I think you got to hit is just a matter of like, so when we talk about the books, it's like, it just is slower to read a thing in the book. It's a different means of consumption, right? Like I'm not, I, I, I read a book have some things that I'll consume 15 minutes at a time out of a book because they're so dense that it's like, it's usually philosophy. Um, and I go, okay, that was enough to consume enough <laughs> that like I got a thing I'm thinking about and I'm good, I spaced out, we're done here. But if it's a story like fiction, I need a couple hours in that yeah. chunk of time. And so if you want to think about, well, I have limited time in the day because I have a job and I have a family and all that kind of stuff, we end up with this thing of like, okay, well, uh, even podcasts even slot in here, which is like, you know, I have some short podcasts I like, but then I have some long ones and they just are going to fit into a day differently. And, and I, you end up out of time. So part of the thing about curation is you have to realize that like, you know, part of it is time management to an extent. And so part of the value system, I think we put on top of that has to do with the time management, but that's also gets to the thing of like Oreos. You can't just eat Oreos. Like it, it comes to the quantity question again, you know, a couple Oreos is okay. <laughs> A couple rows of Oreos is problematic. <laughs> so, uh, um, so like as a roundabout way of answering your question, it's like, well, certain things I go, I'm going to get that in book form because I want to spend a week or two, you know, in this chunk of time that I allocate for reading so I can still fit in everything else in my life, you know, uh, consuming this thing. It's just going to take a longer time. It's going to happen slower. I can only read so fast. Um, I'm signing up for a two week experience. Uh, or you can dip out quickly and be like, Oh, that didn't go where I wanted it to. I'm switching books. Um, but like, it's a matter of, you know, you, you, uh, on the other hand, the new ideas part is like, I have a subset of podcasts I like to listen to because they present new ideas that cause me to spin off into brainstorms about other things. And then I have Reddit, which is my general pulse on just stuff where I'm like, okay, I'm pooping. I'm going to spend also 20 minutes catching up on what's going on in the world, you know? And so my version of how I, so, so it gets to the idea of curation that you've kind of talked about before and the idea of uh, like, you know, when do you alter what the feeds are? in order to continue to be in control of feeling like, okay, this is, this is still the new exploration itch over here, right? Like I like my incoming media fields to either be media experiences to either be relaxing or be about ex exploration. And largely, uh, I find that just personally, I get nothing productive or joyful out of other people's opinion on either of those things. I don't care what you think of Game of Thrones. I like it or I don't. I'm going to consume it or not. Like the water cooler part, don't care. Uh, I read comments on Reddit sometimes because I'm like, try because I have an impulse to like take the pulse of the population. And then I immediately have to remember that Reddit's not a good like pulse. That only takes you so far. You can't get right? the pulse of the world. 
you know, you can't actually tell if people agree that's with an important the crazy thing Donald Trump that, said uh, or not from any sort yeah, of, you know. That's an important input. angle that is not exactly relevant. It's relevant to this conversation. It's not really relevant to the, the this episode, but uh, you can't you can't get the pulse. It's relevant because I you literally can't get the have pulse a, of anything, right? I, it's relevant because I literally have a posted up that says, "Don't read the comments." Like to remind me that just everything past the main the 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 headline and then the article that goes with the headline is generally trash. <laughs> At least for me, it just never makes me feel good. I don't get much out of it. In some contexts, I'll be like, "Okay, this person is now answering questions." Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So I'll, so I'll follow that, you know, I'm always like, getting but, information, more information from the comments. It's like, what was going on in that right. video I just watched? What is this a picture? What's more information about this thing I just looked at? That was an interesting picture. Well, and so, and so that's an interesting aspect of curation because with the dynamics of Reddit, my impulse is I immediately go, okay, I got to follow different subreddits then because I'm not following the productive ones. Like ask historians is glorious. Awesome. The rules are set up such that all you can do is ask questions all and answer asks. questions. And if you don't provide yeah. citations, the moderators bounce your comments. I'm subscribed to like every so ask just like, on Reddit, like a yeah. dozen of them or so, a couple um, dozen. So, so as it relates to a moral, you know, around curation, like how do you do a social media diet if you are you know, in a position of like your, your screen time app on your phone is telling you that you spend an hour on Facebook a day and an hour on Instagram a day and you want to do better. How do you cure it? Your diet? Well, that like what, time might what be, you, what's, what's, what's a step you can take if you're in that spot of like, I deleted Instagram. I deleted Facebook yeah. off of my phone. Cause I realized you I was gotta, just going there in any you, idle you minute. To... And to me, that's like, okay, you need now to I'm pay just attention to how each constantly. thing you're looking at makes you feel. And again, I'm not, I don't do this all the time. This is not something I'm great at, although I'm, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it right now to this episode. I'm going to go do, do a class. Do as he says, not uh, as I he do does. It, I do an okay job of it. Um, <laughs> as we say, I, not uh, as we do. That said, our social media promo is pretty weak. So if you want to go check out Disengineering Socials. Do we even have things anymore? Yeah. exactly (laughs) who cares i just i don't (laughs) oh man that's a whole different conversation if you want to do something about it you have to just go look go there's nothing wrong with your facebook feed there's nothing wrong with, with the technology there's nothing wrong with spending hours on facebook but make sure that you want to be reading the things you're reading if your feed is like 90 percent you scrolling past things unfollow those things uh, and then if you're left with nothing that is bringing you joy <laughs> to go back to that lady who's like, everything's bringing you joy. It's hilarious, but it's totally a great way to look at stuff. If you're not like interested in it or excited about it, or if it doesn't make you happy, if it's making you angry, uh, don't follow it. And, and that's a dangerous thing to say, right? Cause you should get made angry by things, but like choose the things you want to be angry about. Don't just like, when people are like, man, I'm so upset that so-and-so thinks this, eh, that's not that's not the right kind of upset. If you're upset because you're like, I learned I, this thing I care about isn't the way I'd like it to be in the world. If it's like changing someone else's mind, like, give me a break. Who cares? But if it's like the thing in the world that's making that person happy, but then is making you upset, go learn about the thing and make the thing different. 
what's that hierarchy of comments that like i don't know some famous quote simple people talk about people other people talk about ideas or something come on <laughs> oh i don't know same ideas neil brandon's though i forget what the hierarchy it, is but it, it's, it's always it, a good quote well, it, it just, it seems like at the core of, of what you're saying is the funny, the reason we don't like the term social media about it is like, because all media is social to an extent. So it's not really descriptive if you're willing to take a step or two back from the idea of media. But then at the same time, uh, you can only let so much of the signal be guided by the social aspect. And we end up with this sort of like, in this like pejorative space, I think is the word for it, where it's like, you, you got to think about what you sh should, like you have to think about what the interaction with that stuff is like inside of yourself and for the values that you hold dear. And if there's this, if there's to be an idea of like the point of life is to grow and to improve and to be better, than you were, which Arguably. you know is like true or not true. Different yeah. conversations about whether that's true or the dream or whatever, right? Like this, this is immediately into the philosophical space of just hedonism versus <laughs> other things. But like, if you're here listening to a podcast called Zengineering, I think we assume <laughs> that you're of the mindset of the engineer, where it's sort of like I want to build things, I want to make things, and do new stuff, I want to solve problems, right? So it's like, so you know the question like like the core thing is it ends up being in the space of that that like meditation practice thing like you have to have a practice of assessing your reaction to everything that's coming into you through these feeds never mind the structures and the motivations that we talked about leading up to this like and you have to go like well am i just doing this because it'll make other people think i'm cool or am i just it's like is the reason that I am enjoying and consuming this thing because it's candy or because it's actually like making my life better in some way. Um, does that make sense to kind of chase what, like, like that's the, it. The, <laughs> what you were saying in terms of like, you have to assess that on this level that I think is, it gets into the weird well, spiritual. I think space it's, of it's just one like, of those topics where you'll get a lot of responses from people where they're like, Hey man, sometimes I just want to relax, which is okay to say, but, on some level you shouldn't you shouldn't just want to relax ever just if you're not being productive well, why bother at... go to bed <laughs> right right and well, the whole world would well, be right. better so that's the if, conflict if everyone looked at it that way sometimes you just have to relax i get it i veg the... on the couch all the time but like uh, right why give up <laughs> i think that's the important <laughs> of okay the inherent with... conflict in our name is engineering which is just like uh, there's there's an idea of there's reason that we idolize sports stars and that we care about that kind of stuff because like totally that's a great example achievement is the thing that we value and that we get good you know like everyone that's maybe likes one of the things stuff. people value more so than then anything else is, of, is sports in the whole world right and that's all about determination and hard work and and winning constantly constantly striving to win right. But then it gets back to the thing that all athletes know, which is you can only work so right. much during a day at the thing, yeah. and then you have to rest. And so what you're saying about, well, I just want to, I just want to relax, like is okay. But we have to consider what then the feeds that we're consuming while we relax are. And 
you should really look carefully at any aspect of any feed that makes you feel like an asshole. Uh, and it's possible that the feed is wrong. So it's okay for you to look at that and go, no, they're wrong. I'm not an asshole. But it's also okay for you to find out that you're an <laughs> asshole and reassess your position on a thing, right? And I think the problem with what's turned into social media and like outrage culture is it's a really powerful way to get hits to make everyone feel like an asshole all the time, no matter what they well, do you shouldn't, can't do any right. You shouldn't feel uh, any way from information. That's... If you're feeling great about yourself or you're feeling like an asshole, you're making the same mistake, right? You don't just want to be reinforced that you're awesome and you don't want to just be reinforced that you're an asshole. You kind of, you want to be... Well, you should be suspicious of a feed that does either to any extreme. That's not I, how the world works. You know, <laughs> I, I like, I think I can attribute this mindset to my dad and my mom would use the word contrarian, but it's, and maybe that's the right word too, but if you're not always skeptical you're doing yourself a disservice we've talked about this before but i the older i get the more experience i have the more value i see in always challenging the thought or the topic or the conversation or the perspective even if it's just internally be like the mm, incoming is this really feed. how i feel and some people are like does that stress you you're, you're so annoying you always you always present the opposite argument of what i'm trying to discuss and it's like well it's not a discussion if i don't do that <laughs> so Otherwise, it's just right. us saying the same thing. No, but it's more about like when you have that notion of self-improvement, like I like to be contrary in those conversations because it helps me, but also it makes me feel good because the other person maybe is not like considering their own. And, and this is where it sometimes gets frustrating because sometimes simply presenting a contrary opinion, even though you don't believe it, is a really good way to expose that the person across the table from you uh, has not thought about what they're saying to you. And they're just proceeding on an emotional response to whatever's going on. You know, what you present as contrary is, is even the way you said your mom says it is presented almost like, God, you're just trying to be annoying. And it's like, no, <laughs> which is also true sometimes. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but, but it's, it's sure, you know, I don't know what to make of the feeling that I have that that's necessary right now, I think is where this then collides with the thing that's like politics and whatever. Right. I don't, I have that impulse and sometimes it makes me feel like an asshole. And so I'm constantly reassessing it and going, okay, is this a productive place to be contrary right now? Cause I got a contrary answer for you, but we're at a barbecue and it's not worth fighting. <laughs> High five, bro. Anyway. I, I can't even remember what topic we, we started the podcast on at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even. So uh, it was more like, okay, so curation, you were talking about joy. Um, somewhere, somehow we're, we're about down towards chambers. dirty money. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I think there's still good stuff in my, in what I was saying about, um, uh, am I an asshole? Right. Do you have a reaction to that? aspect of i think saying the contrary thing is important we can take out the bit about the you know so anyway so i don't think the moral is uh be contrary right but it's like most of my contrarian feelings are are honestly like inwardly directed i am constantly exploring whether or not the thing i just thought well is the, a legitimate the be thing contrary thing. concept solves uh, i think some of the problems here it's a natural uh it's a, it provides a natural oscillation to your awareness and your thought processes. 
right? If you're, as soon as you form an opinion, if you question it, it has to draw you back towards some sort of equilibrium. And if you keep doing that, if you do it too much, you just stay in like a, an argumentative space with yourself or with others. If you do it the right amount, you can then control how far you let yourself drift into things before you then have a functional mechanism to pull yourself back, right? You can go down the rabbit hole of uh, reading overly joyous, overly positive things that aren't realistic, that don't realistically represent the world. Or you can go down darker paths and read about bad things that have happened and indulge creepy feelings, right? But you you draw yourself back into a path that keeps you somewhere. I don't want to say centered or average or whatever. I don't know what that is, but it at least prevents you from getting stuck in a mindset, right? It makes it impossible to get stuck in a mindset. Well, and I think that mindset is the the foundation that's like, it's like the, you know, the sort of Zen part of the engineering mm -hmm. practice of, yeah. okay, how do we piece this stuff together is you have to understand that it's about introspection. It's about starting from a place of like, how do I feel about this? But then also, you know, it's technology, it's meant to work for us. So once you get to a point of realizing, you know, like, actually, all I do on Instagram is look at thirst traps and like, and, and be occasionally like disappointed because someone else's <laughs> life seems so much better than mine, which is what, how that museum works. Uh, you can just delete the app and your life will go on. You could also put it back on later when you find out like, Hey, maybe there is a productive way to have Instagram in my life. I am a <laughs> photographer after all thought I have occasionally, <laughs> but I think the important thing right now motivated by, made by the political stuff. It's just the introspection part. Like start by, you know, try to catch yourself in that moment where you're like, where did the last 30 minutes go? I, I clicked on YouTube and I, I couldn't tell you what, like, it's almost like running an exercise in your brain where somebody goes, are you listening to me? You go, yeah. And they oh, go, what no. did I just say? And you go, uh, never ever ask me that question. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it totally, it's the exact same thing. Uh, the problem it's is the exact same thing. Like, but if you catch yourself in that place, you know, and it's like, it's funny the context of saying it that way, because, you know, that's a meeting or a lecture, or like a place where it's like, okay, sit here, you have to listen. And so my brain will wander and I'll go to that place of like, ah, I was listening, but I couldn't tell you exactly what you just said. Uh, there are also times when something will suck me into that same brain state. And then I got to look at like, okay, was that worthwhile or not? Was it really relaxing for me to look at Instagram for 30 minutes? Or was I just having a little, you know, slurp on the, on the dopamine drip of social media? Um, and it starts from looking at my interaction with it. There's no, I can't like prescribe you a thing. Uh, although you certainly can try what I, you know, like cleanses or diets, like the same I've got a funny behavior works. Just try not doing it for I've 30 I've got a funny days. example of this Instagram, that I, I suspect other people will recognize if they haven't seen it already. It just happened last night. I was hanging out with friends. We'd, we'd been out. Uh, we weren't like partying hard, but we were drinking wine and hanging out and uh, listening to 90s, watching 90s rap videos and me getting a good history of <laughs> what was going on because that was not something I was exposed to in the 90s. But this is like a we YouTube couch, part? Yeah, like we so were sitting on a couch? Like yeah, yeah, watching on a and, big uh, communal screen on the on the way party, when it was time to go, <laughs> and I see this happen a lot with my friends. Uh, everyone's leaving by by Lyft or or uh, Uber. Um, the the groups of people that were there, and 
you'd be like, oh, we're going to take off. And then someone would be like, all right, I'm going to call a lift. And then they would go into their phone and they would get distracted and do something else for a couple minutes, put their phone down. And then 10 minutes later, they'd be like, uh, did you call that lift? <laughs> oh, I did shit, that I twice last that, yeah. night before we were able to call <laughs> lift and leave. <laughs> right. And that's a worthwhile thing to consider because it's like it's supposed to be a tool. The thing's supposed to work for you. You wanted a lift. You should be right. picking it up and doing the lift. Right. And so ultimately, this gets us to voice controls. So eventually, you're just going to say, computer, do the exact thing I'm thinking right now. And then it'll do it. I apologize to anyone whose echoes were just triggered computer. because you can Seriously. tell it to respond to computer now. Pretty good. Anyway, I think. I think that's a really good concrete place to start. Try to notice the moments where you picked up your phone to do the one thing and you didn't end up doing it. And if that bothers you, start to watch for what those things are and maybe just delete them. Uh, or find a way to use do not disturb or something. Because sometimes it's like text messages. At least deleting family. them, you then have to purposefully choose to use it again. You're not going to... You're not going to... You're not going to accidentally find yourself on Instagram if it's not installed. So it's a good it's a good exactly. task for yourself. And and cleanse behavior, while sometimes silly in the nutrition context, is is an interesting tool to use here. It's more like fasting or something, right? Uh, the idea of you know it was a powerful experience for me after running a couple of businesses to take a couple of weeks off and be like, I'm not even going to tell anyone. I'm just going to turn off my email and turn off certain things and no one even noticed i answered all the emails hey sorry it's been a week i didn't even do that actually because i resolved for myself to not even do that i was also like i'm not going to apologize I'll just answer these emails two weeks after when i felt like i should answer them and no one even noticed <laughs> that was a big lesson for me in terms of like how much to feed the impulse of the little red dot that says you have an unread notification <laughs> I'm, I chuckle because I immediately wondered how many people went, <laughs> oh, yeah, and then looked at their phone because I simply mentioned I the turn off notification indicator. I forget what I left on. One or two. Resist it. I think text message. Resist. Resist the notifications. Man, we didn't even talk about notification triage. <laughs> anyway, thanks for hanging out for another Zengineering podcast. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. I'm Adam. I'm uh, Brian. Stay focused, everybody. No, stay aware. Sunday. <laughs> I'm, I'm purposefully looking forward to not doing anything after this. <laughs>